What do you consider to be the best thing about you? Maybe it's an accomplishment or an achievement or a character trait. It may be something you have done or something you own or someone you know. Yes, it will be something good, something laudable, and something praiseworthy. This is Monday, July 3rd, and we're beginning this week and our week seven on discipleship, looking at identity. Now, those things that we've thought about, they may be also a source of danger for you. How so? Well, you can come to think of yourself in this way, to see it as one of the defining factors of who you are. Yes, our defining factors come to define us. That's just the way it works. Now, this week, we're looking at the whole question of identity, who we are or who we think ourselves to be, and then ultimately, how Jesus gives us a new identity that is found in him. Here is an encounter that Jesus had with a young man. That's our scripture today from Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 22. As he was setting out on his journey, that's Jesus, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And Come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went forth sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, we likely know this scene from the life of Jesus as his encounter with the rich young ruler. Now, this young man had everything going for him. First, he's young. His life doesn't seem cast and completely set. He's young enough to get a new start. He's like a tender vine that still can be shaped and trained. And second, he's wealthy. In the ancient world as today, Wealth opens doors for people. It widens opportunities. It can make some things that are difficult in life far easier. And it can also provide security. Some people gain substantial wealth when they're older, but this man has wealth in his youth. And finally, he has position in his community. He has respect and authority, and people value him. But all the same, He knows he's missing something. He has this gnawing sense that there's something missing. And this is what causes him to seek out Jesus and to kneel before him. The word had gotten out that Jesus was different. Jesus taught about the kingdom of heaven. Now, there's so much that we can learn from this rich young man. First, we can learn that no matter how much we have or how successful or respected we are, there will still be a hole in our hearts. Our deepest longings just can't be touched by superficial things. It's not that these things are bad. They're not. They just aren't enough. 
I think every human being has these deep longings, if we're honest. And that's the second thing we learn from this man. He's honest about his heart and these longings. We often smother these feelings by keeping busy or with a million diversions so that we don't have to feel them or think about them. But not this young man. He must have been honest with himself before he went to see Jesus. His story reminds me of the now famous interview of Tom Brady, the former New York, I'm sorry, New England Patriots football quarterback, when he reached the pinnacle of his success in his sport. He was asked how it felt to be successful. At the time, he had only three Super Bowl rings. He went on to earn more. But he responded, Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life. But I think, God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I think Brady got it right. We are told that the money or success is the ticket to fulfillment. And it's just when we arrive there that we learn, well, that it's not. We feel there has to be more. And the reason we feel this, again, is because there is. And this is what our rich young man is feeling. Now, at this point, Jesus offers him more. He tells the man to walk away from his wealth and follow him. But the man can't. His identity has become so entrenched in his wealth and his status that he he cannot give it up. The cost of following Jesus is just too much. I think we can become so deeply ensconced in our self-made identities that we cannot walk away. We miss the opportunity to have life in Christ. We put so many eggs in that basket, we cannot receive true life and freedom. And that's where this man is. He's honest enough to know that he needs more, but too vested in his self-success, that he cannot receive it when Jesus offers it to him. Notice in walking away, the man did, did so disheartened and sad. There's a deep sadness in holding on to what is ultimately passing away and thereby missing life. I love the way the missionary became a martyr also. Jim Elliott explained it. He said it this simply. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let's pray together. God of grace, we're tempted to turn from you to things that do not last. Thank you for your persistent love and for giving us your spirit to remind us that you alone are worthy of worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.